Welcome to the Raising Cinephiles podcast, a show about passing on your love of cinema to the next generation. I'm your host, Jessica Cantor, and I have worked in all facets of the entertainment industry for the last 20 years, and recently became a mom. In today's episode, we speak with Lily Vonnegut, who discusses how she went every weekend to pick out movies from the video store with her father, and how she's begun to instill a love of cinema for her two sons. Always remember that myself and guests are speaking from personal experience and not giving parenting advice. Let's go ahead and dive into the episode. Welcome to the Raising Cinephiles podcast. This is Jessica Cantor, your host, and I'm here with guest today, Lily Vonnegut. Lily is lauded actress, voiceover artist, and producer, and is most known for her work as the voice of Brittany and as a producer on the show, The Most Popular Girls in School. And I'm very honored to call Lily a close friend. Hi. So we'll just jump into the first big question. What is the first movie you remember seeing? I think the first movie that had the biggest effect on me was Broad Green Tomatoes. All right. Did you see it in a theater or at home? I saw it at home. Every Friday night, I would go to the video store back when those were amazing and they existed. And I would get three movies for the weekend. And I picked up Fried Green Tomatoes, which seems like a really heavy movie to watch at like eight. Amazing. But I watched it. And even to this day, you know, I now I watch it and I can't make it through without crying. I think I w- was slightly dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> I never like used to cry at movies. It's one of those movies that I continue to go back and watch every year. Can you tell me about this ritual to go to the video store every Friday night with your father? How did that start? I think both my parents loved movies so much and it just became like a, a thing, but it made me so happy to go pick out movies and there would be something like fried green tomatoes. This was a little heavier. And then I'd get something like Harry and the Hendersons or Curly Sue. I just love movies. And I think I always have. And maybe I watched content that was way above my head when I was eight, but I wanted to be those people. I wanted to be Ruth and Iggy and not necessarily live in the, you know, racist South (laughs) in the movie. But there was something kind of romantic about that whole movie or just, I just wanted to be in those movies or like a league of their own. That's great. That's also a very great classic. So paint a picture. You would pick this movie out. Was it a blockbuster or was it a local video store? No. I mean, we're talking like a 10 by 12 mom and pop video store on 49th and second and then you would go home and was it like a dinner and then you'd sit down and curl up with your parents and watch the movie or was it like they were going out and you would watch the movie with a babysitter no they would go into their bedrooms and i would watch alone in the tv okay so you're watching pretty heavy stuff alone do they knew what it was about (laughs) i think like well i guess friday night was tgif Mm -hmm at the time so that was like a big boy meets ordeal World, right wasn't that on tgif yeah full house family yes. matters but there was something about going to these tiny little video stores and it felt so special that like i could choose my movie unless it was taken out and then i was like <laughs> no 
<laughs> you know, at that time there was like, we have two copies and that's it. Come, Come back, back next yeah. week. Come back next week. Did you do the ritual of rewinding them to return them? I was really on top of it. I always pressed rewind. <laughs> you didn't want to embarrass your parents Oops. in the video store when you return the videos. Folks, if you're listening to this and you don't know what rewind means on a VHS, <laughs> God, do you remember that? You get penalized crazy. and oh. shamed. They shamed you in the video store if you didn't rewind it. Oh, you forgot to do that this time? Oh, God, I'm sorry. It'll never happen again. Oh, but it must have your friends coming over on a Friday night watching a movie with you when you would step into these worlds. Totally. And I think a lot of my friends obviously weren't watching you know, I also had the occasional like Friday night Beethoven. So good. You know, I loved like super like those early nineties, late eighties comedies for for our age were so funny and and like stupid yeah, but great. Like for some reason I keep thinking about Curly Sue. Uh I love that too. But I think I want to show my friends all of these movies. I was like, oh, I can't be the only one seeing these great things. Did your friends clue in that you got carte blanche to watch whatever you want and could watch? Was there anything that you would pick out that you knew they weren't allowed to watch at home so you could watch it at your house? No. I don't think I was really allowed to watch everything. It wasn't like a free-for-all. But I think I just knew I knew good movies, I guess. Why do you think? How do you think you picked them out? How did you know what you wanted to watch? You know, I would always go to like the new releases and I would look at the cover and, and I just, I watched so many different genres of movies. So like when people are like, what's your favorite movie? I'm like, which genre do you want? Do you need comedy, rom-com, a dramedy? Yeah. Horror. When I went to my grandparents in Scarsdale and like, you know, my parents would go away or they would leave us with them for the weekend. They would let us go to the video store and pick out stuff. And my brother and I would only compromise on Police Academy, which was wildly inappropriate for us to be watching. Totally. See, I didn't have to compete with anyone because it was just me watching alone. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember going to a movie theater in that age range? Yeah. I mean, we saw a lot of movies, but we also trying to think. I remember seeing A League of Their Own in the movie theater. I do remember that. And I remember my mother crying and I was like, oh my God, so embarrassing. Why are you crying? (laughs) And now I watch it and I'm like, oh God, it's... Yeah. Have you shown that one to your boys? Lily has two boys. I do have two boys. Some of these movies I have been waiting their whole lives to watch. Yeah. They have watched A League of Their Own. Jack loved it. How old is Jack? Jack's nine, and I showed it to him probably last year. How do you decide when he's ready for certain movies? I think it's, you know, content. So I don't necessarily think that because he's nine, he can only watch PG or G. You know, I think something that is a really good story that doesn't... I don't think The Breakfast Club is quite Mm -hmm. appropriate. There's some heavy content in there, but... I have to say my favorite movie that I was so excited to show them that it was almost like I'd been counting down the days until they could watch was Eat. So I want to do a little anecdote. Lily is one and you are one of the inspirations for this podcast in general, because I have a 15 month old or he's now 15 months and it took me two years to get pregnant. And I would watch you show your sons these movies. And it was like one of the things I would dream about to keep my eye on the prize and like excited for motherhood. And so I'm like 
making lists of these movies that I want to show him as he comes to the right age. And this is why I'm reaching out to my friends and old colleagues and people in the industry to see what inspired them to work in the industry and why these stories are so special to them. And also like, you know, how to get our kids to love cinema the way we do. And when you like, after you showed them E.T., you did E.T. for, did you do E.T. for Halloween before you showed the movie or after you showed the movie? Jack had seen the movie. Well, I took him to Universal and he kept seeing all the E.T. stuff and he thought E.T. was so cute. We got him like a little plush. And then he was like, please, can I watch the movie? And I remember watching E.T. and that scene in the beginning where Elliot like sees rustling in the bushes and E.T. comes running out. That used to scare the crap out Mm -hmm. of me when I was little. And I was like, oh, God, please don't scare him, please, because he begged to watch it. So we're watching it, and I was like, oh, no, is it going to happen? How old was he at the time? Five. Oh, Jack. (laughs) He's a mature boy. Well, well, so this is where it got weird. So at the end of the movie, I think very much like everyone else growing up, I mean, even Drew Barrymore, we all thought E.T. was real. We thought he actually existed in our reality. But there was something about those, you know, that 80s movie magic that I, I don't know, doesn't seem to it's not the same anymore. But after the movie ended, his response was, who voiced E.T.? Not like, it just didn't seem like a normal response. It seemed way yeah, too mature. Yeah, like he understood that movies were a craft that people make. Like, I didn't understand that till college. No. Like, I didn't know I could work in, a, I, still, a, I could actually like spend my time playing in Storyland. I still think E.T. is real, yeah. okay? <laughs> and I think, because I did voiceover, he just kind of looked at it as like, oh, who could voice this? Mm-hmm. Or, and the same thing happened when we watched The Gremlins. Well, that probably what is what kept him from being scared, is he understood it was make-believe. Right. And I think, you know, and I was wary about certain movies, and I think because he'd seen Star Wars, not with me, <laughs> because he'd watched that, he realized that there was, you know, animatronics and, and then he likes watching the behind the scenes of, of movies. Do you think he's going to go into the business? I do. I'm not sure in what mm-hmm. capacity. Cause he's like interested in the craft. Um, it seems. Yeah. I don't think he wants to be necessarily like on camera. I don't think that's his thing, but he loves the idea of how these movies are made and, and the sets and it's really cool. So like watching a movie with him is really fun because I feel like it's not, I don't, I'm not watching it with like a normal yeah. nine year old. I wonder what would happen if you got him like an eight millimeter camera. I mean, the kid loves to be like, Hey, and like let him set up scenes and make a movie like young Fablemans, yeah. you know, young Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps asking if he can watch Jaws and I'm like, no, you may not watch that. He's like, well, uh, why? And I was like, because you'll never go to the beach again. (laughs) Now, I remember seeing Jaws. Maybe you did too. Probably way too early on. It didn't affect me though. I didn't think... I was scary for me, but it wasn't like... It was not one... Like, it was not a beach that I went to. My family didn't go to the beach in New York. Like my mom was not into it. She like sun was bad for the skin and salt water for the hair kind of ruined it. So we did not go to the beach. And I started on my own in my in my late 20s learning to surf and fell in love with the ocean, which kind of helped bring me from New York to LA. I remember people would tell me because of Jaws, they were afraid of surfing and how brave I was. And I was like, you do realize it's more dangerous to drive on the 405 than it is to be in the ocean. Also, you had it in your head that the fear of of the ocean was for salt water in your hair, not for a shark that's going to come in. Exactly. Exactly. There's something that you mentioned that I want to go back to, which is when you choose 
films for your your boys. It's about the story. And I wonder where that came into play for you about storytelling and stories. Well, I think there's so many movies that, that I love so much that I think it goes back to a lot of the movies we grew up, like Steven Spielberg's early movies in the 80s, that it made you, like you'd never seen something like that before. And I think there was an innocence to those movies, like The Goonies and E.T., and that when watching them, it just, it was this, I don't know, like a personal- it captures you were the watching like, innocence of childhood in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I feel like innocence goes so much earlier now because there's so much stuff online. The kids are playing video games, like not my kids, but there's so many kids that have social media. I think that innocence isn't what it used to be when we were growing up. And I love those movies because it takes you back to a time when things were just, I miss didn't have any other portal to the world, really, until the, the internet really wasn't a thing until we were like late high school, early college. And even then, like I was nerdy. So I was into it early, but I would watch these movies and I would see what was possible. But like, I'm wondering like how we translate that for our generation of kids. I mean, your kids are almost a generation above mine, but I don't know, but I do love showing them my childhood. Do they get inspired the same way? Do they want to watch those films again? Are they excited to watch your movies? Jack is. And Wyatt, who's younger, a couple years younger? You know, it's really funny watching kids where, you know, I I still love animation. And a lot of times Jack will be like, I don't want to watch animation. I just want to watch live action. And I'm like, it doesn't make you more. (laughs) There's still so many other animation movies too that have that feeling even as an adult watching them. Mm-hmm. But I think kids just want to grow up. Yeah. And they're in a, it's like a weird spot where they're like they're still very much a kid, but they don't want to be. They want to be cool and they Yeah. You know. Well he's like, I mean, gosh, like almost a couple years from tween, right? He's almost there. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't say that. I'm not ready. So for when that he's yet. a teenager, I mean you and I share we you know another like kind of hot take on our friendship is we will go in the middle of the day to watch a horror film and play hooky from our lives for a couple of hours. And I can't wait for us to start doing that again. Um, When are you going to start showing Jack horror films? Never. Never. He wants to, he wants to watch those movies. I, I know he can't handle them. What did he say? He was like, can I watch it? And I said, absolutely not. He goes, but I don't understand why. And I go, because you'll never sleep. And I go, I know how it's all going to play out. You're going to want to watch it. You're going to think that you're fine. And then bedtime's going to hit. And for four weeks, we're not going to sleep at night. Yeah. But you think, you know, when he's 15, 16, he's not going to just watch them at his friend's house? I don't know. I think he wants to think that he wants to watch a scary movie. I don't think that he's the type of kid Okay, he's he's going to watch one and then be done. Or like, the thing is, like, if you watch it with you and he's scared, you turn it off. Right. If he's with his buddies, he'll like pretend he can handle it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think you and I are a rare breed because I like watching horror movies in the dark by myself at night. Yeah, you do. <laughs> People think I'm crazy. People are like, how do you do that? But I love horror movies. There's something. I mean, they're shot beautifully. There are a lot of bad I, There are a lot ones. of bad ones, but there's a lot that like when they hit, they have a look, a feel, a story, a fantastical element about them. And there's always a lot of logic we have to follow. And you and I, like, we'll pick them apart. 
Like if they don't work. I remember you and I went to one. It was so bad. And then during that time, I think we came up with our own horror movie. We were like, this would be so much better than the crap. And going to the bathroom was scarier than the movie. Remember the door creaked and we're like, oh, this bathroom is a horror film. Do you think we could come back in the middle of the day one day and just film it? (laughs) And it almost made the movie we were actually going to see like a comedy. (laughs) But yeah, I, uh, I do remember speaking of horror movies. Since I was watching all these movies by myself in our TV room, it was a Sunday. I was probably nine and I must have turned on, I don't even know what channel, turned on the TV and it was Friday the 13th. Definitely should not have been watching it at this age. I was so scared that I physically could not change the channel. I just sat there and it was a marathon. (laughs) We watched all of them. (laughs) I watched the first two and I was like, what have I done? And I couldn't tell my parents that I'd watched it because they would have been like, what were you thinking? So I just sat there and I couldn't say anything. And then I had to like go to bed with like the covers of that, like just my eyes. And I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to sleep. So that was a bad movie decision. That was a bad movie decision. You know, I didn't start watching horror until my 20s. My parents didn't think I could handle it in my teens. And the story they told me was when my dad said, when your mom and I watched, I was under 12 because they were still married at that time. Because my mom and I watched The Exorcist. Your mom was so scared. She made me put both the VCR and the tape outside. So that movie didn't, didn't scare, scare me either. I like when I watched it later in life, I was like ready to be so scared. And I was like, eh. You know, I like the reason why they didn't think I could handle it was we would watch America's Most Wanted would come on sometimes after like a kid show. And so my brother and I would sit and watch it. And then there were real criminals out there. And so I was right. I was like, the tree outside my room was was the criminal going to get me. So I'd have to sleep on the floor of my brother's room. Right. Not Linda Blair's head no, spinning around. No, that was like, whatever. Possessed. Like, I wonder if I could be I possessed. Was like, yeah, she's just spitting up green yeah. guacamole. She Like, this is not scaring me. We would watch 2020 every Friday night. Also, highly inappropriate for... Yeah, super scary. It took me a couple of years to finally watch all of The Shining, though. it Once I got to the twins in the hallway, I was too creeped out. I couldn't make it. That's a... Oh, see, there's, there's so many good horror movies. movies. Yeah, they're so good. Again, I think I probably watched The Shining too young. <laughs> there was one movie I was never allowed to watch, which is so funny because I did end up... Because it made me want to watch mm-hmm. it even more. And it was such a garbage movie, which was Wolf. I don't know that movie. It's Pfeiffer... And it's terrible. And it's Jack Nicholson. And my mom was like, you cannot watch this. It's disgusting. I will never allow you to watch it. And I watched it like years later. And I was like, that's what I wasn't allowed to watch. (laughs) A guy turns into a werewolf. I was like, she's worried about your taste. (laughs) I mean, or maybe like the, the gory, like grotesque. It's interesting what our parents, when they grew up with movies, they were like musicals. So the fear of what we were watching didn't exist yet. Right. And for us now, we're like terrified of what our kids are going to get into. Somebody told me a story about how one of his young girls, like six years old, got one of the iPads that control their house, whatever, and got onto YouTube. And within minutes, somebody was chatting with her. I'd much rather That's my kid watch The Shining than have that happen. Totally. That's far, far scarier. scarier. I mean, that's a real horror film for us. What movie or when did you know you could work in this industry? Oh, God. Well, I think, you know, I moved out here and I I wanted to do acting. And then I realized I do not like this out here. It's like a cattle call. It's awful. 
made me feel terrible about myself. And someone was like, you should do voiceover. And it was like the first time it was super freeing. No one was judging me. For me, it was just like my voice. But I don't know if I was ever like, I can do this. But you knew it was a world you wanted to be in. Yes. Because there is something magical. When did you come to that realization? Was it in high school? Was it in your 20s in New York when we were hanging out all over Manhattan? We did have a video camera and I used to video me like singing and doing like home movies that were just awful. Like, hello world, I'm here. I'm probably like the most extrovert that you will ever meet. And so I think I always wanted to do something. Did you do plays in high school? I did. Yeah, I did did a lot of musical theater. But did you like musicals? Did you like watching musicals? I still love it. What's them. your favorite musical? Oh, movie or Broadway? Let's tell me both. I don't want to limit you. Okay. I mean, I don't know about you, but I probably watched Annie 500 times. Yes. As a kid. I was like, I'm going to be in that. But I wanted to be like Pepper. I didn't want to be Annie. I want to be like the cool orphan, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I had that with Cosette and Les Mis. My mom took me to see it on Broadway and I would sing that song over and over again. Unfortunately, I'm tone deaf. And so people told me that. And that dream died very fast and I went to dance, you know, but yeah, Annie, I mean, Little Shop movie though, or theater, both. Did you see the movie first or the play first for Little Shop? I saw the movie. I love Gypsy. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I loved those musicals. They also had very advanced topics. Yeah. I mean, look at Sound of Music. I I sing Do A Deer to Miles and he like really listens and my, I mean, I, I know I'm screwing up his pitch by singing, but it's what I have to do. And it's the only way I can get through a diaper change. When we were talking earlier on the phone, I like didn't want to start singing for you to get him to lay down and listen. Right. <laughs> I've tried to show the boys some of like the older musicals. Like we tried to watch Mary Poppins and I think they were really bored. The- did you try the new one and see, was that easier for them to get into? I don't know if they loved it. Jack, I did watch Little Shop of Horrors with Jack. Okay. And he loved that. And I'm actually going to take them to the Broadway show oh, next week or in amazing. two weeks. That's really special. So I love how you use your sons to films by like setting up the world. You know, like you said, like you took them to Universal. They got to see the AET. They saw the plush doll. And then he like really wanted to see the movie. So curious, have you done that with other films, like get them prepared? I mean, I love, I'm a big theme park person, but there's something like when you go to Universal and I don't know what it is. I get overwhelmed when I hear the score for Jurassic Park. It like makes me teary eyed (laughs) because I remember seeing when I first watched that and you see the dinosaurs and you're like, yeah. Holy shit, what am I watching on camera? It's another one of those movies. Yeah, I can't wait to show that one to Miles. And I was a little scared at first showing them Jurassic Park. And their response, even both of them were like, Sores do not exist. This is not going to happen. And I think what I thought was going to scare them more didn't because they were like, this is just a really cool movie. It's not like The Shining where someone could actually lose their mind. Yeah, but they still get the sense that it's a medium. Like we got lost in the medium, you know? Yeah, I don't. I mean, maybe because I'm like realistic about things. And and I think that they've kind of taken it upon themselves to understand that, you know, I'm not going to show them something that will actually traumatize them. You know, and I was worried about like when we watched Jurassic Park with the raptor scene where they're like in the kitchen and they're hiding and the kids are like, because those kids, 
you saw the real fear in their eyes. Yeah. The boys thought it was super cool. It's like, all right. Yeah, it's entertainment. It wasn't like when I watched movies, I just like I, I talk about this a lot with storytelling and, and especially in new media is like when you're reading a book and you're really into it, you forget that you're turning a page. And like for me, when yeah. I would go to the movies or get into a film, I forget the mechanism of delivery. And I like wonder what it's going to take for this generation to get lost in a story. Do you see them getting lost in the story when it comes to like mm-hmm. Harry Potter? Like they both love those movies. I had never seen them until the boys. Did got you read it. the books to them mm-hmm. first? I'm. We're currently reading. We're on book okay. three. It's very yes. word heavy. So time. reading that aloud so that they can both, you know, enjoy it. I mean, if you weren't a voiceover artist, I'd say just put it on Audible. <laughs> <laughs> but then they wanted to watch the movies and they love them because that is about as magical and as it's you like can get. Of their age, kind of. It's a young boy going into like this alternate universe, but I, and it's fast pace. It's faster pace than the movies we grew up with. Totally. Like we tried watching Annie and there isn't really anything relatable for them because they're not, it's also such a different time that they were like, I mean, it's fine. (laughs) They did not seem. Do you think it's because we were city kids? Maybe. But I also think being a little girl you want to like that movie was like, I'm going to be on stage. I'm going to do that. I, yeah. And I don't think the boys have that same. Do they watch any sports movies? I showed them bad uh-huh. news bears, man. There's a uh, movies from the seventies. <laughs> totally not appropriate. <laughs> what made it inappropriate? Just, I'm curious. Some of like the script. Okay. It's just, it's like, like that, just totally insensitive. Absolutely. Luckily it flew over their heads. Yeah. But I was like, <laughs> Luckily, it's like quick scenes where like never on camera would you have nowadays having an adult drive drunk with a bunch of kids in his car or like passing out yeah, drunk. No. Like it's just, no, it's not acceptable. People would walk out of the movie. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> but in the 70s, like you, people did that. I think the boys like sports movies. Jack is so cool. Like he's a skateboarder. He's open to watching anything. Sports. Give it a whirl. Did they watch Mighty Ducks yet? No. Okay. Which was very close to home because you have an older brother and a younger one who are constantly fighting and in competition with each other. How did they respond to it? I was hoping that they would get like the moral of let's be kind to one another. There's some cool skateboarding movies like Lords of Dogtown or any like. Jack would probably love that. Or like School of Rock for him with his guitar. They have seen that and they love that. When did they see that? Is that what spurred the guitar lessons? No, that was more okay. recent. Yeah, they watched that one fairly recently. I don't know if Wyatt really watched. He was like in and out of watching it. Yeah, Wyatt doesn't really seem to be so into movies, huh? He's into like old school Looney Tunes and Tom I and Jerry. I love that. And like old Mickey Mouse, like Steamboat Willie. <laughs> I've been watching some of the vintage Sesame Street. It's on HBO Max, so that I'll put that on every once in a while for Miles. Yeah, the boys never got into Sesame Street, which makes me so sad. We tried so hard. And then the other day we were in the car and Brian's mentioned Grover and the boys were like, who's Grover? And Brian nearly crashed the car. Like we were like, what? What? Like, don't you remember Follow That Bird? Like that was one of the greatest Big Bird movies. Did they know like the Disney characters before going to Disneyland? I think for this generation, California Adventure is more 
their speed. What do you mean? Explain. So California Adventure is mostly Pixar. Okay. And you've got newer stuff like Toy Story. Oh, God. I love that movie boys, so much. Did the boys love it? Oh, they love it. So it's like Cars, Toy Story, The Incredibles. And I think a lot of the older Disney movies like Dumbo, Snow White, Alice in Wonderland, they're actually, they're all kind of they're- messed up if you really think about it. All the moms are dead. Like someone has died and the character is never the same and will have to like go through their lives trying to undo the damage that has been done. It's actually a really heavy plot line for most yeah. of these movies that if you go back and look, like Bambi's mom is shot and killed. Yeah. In front of her, Lion King, the dad gets killed. Someone always dies. Pixar, I think, realized like, eh, this is a bit heavy. In Toy Story 2, Woody gets sold at a yard sale, but he still mm-hmm. lives. How old was Jack when you showed him his first movie? I think we watched Cars. Probably. He was probably like just under two when he saw Cars. But I also think like the music is a little more modern for these movies. Because it's funny, like when we've gone to Disneyland, the movies at Disneyland that are the rides, the boys haven't seen. It's like the movies we grew up with, but these kids aren't watching those movies. They just know Mm -hmm. the rides. Yeah, it's interesting. It's so different watching them and like the the movies we, we had, even like Disney movies growing up, versus... I mean, the content is so different now. Hitting our our final moment of this conversation for today, what is the movie I should show Miles to make him love cinema? What age are we talking? Let's say under 10. 10 and under. Okay. I would definitely show him Home Alone <laughs> at some point. I would definitely do E.T. Okay. What age did you show your boys Home Alone? It was during COVID and... They thought it was hilarious. I mean, it's funny. It is funny, but it's also two grown men trying to kill a child. (laughs) But it's great. (laughs) They loved it. Yeah. That and that's become casual now. We watch that every holiday season. I think those three. E.T., Jurassic Park, and Home Alone. I didn't have Home Alone on my list, so I'm excited to put that one back on. You know what all three of them have very similarly is a really good score. I hear that song and I'm... In that movie. I know exactly where I am. I know exactly like what time of year it is. And I'll never forget those first few mm. notes. And it takes me to a very special place. Yeah. What a beautiful note to end our podcast on. Thank you so much, Lily. This is a beautiful conversation. This was so fun. Good. If you enjoyed the conversation, please don't forget to like and subscribe. New episodes release every Wednesday. And leave a comment and let me know which movie you think I should show my son. Until next time, take care.